What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Demanderberg, and back with me again is the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. What's going on, buddy? Well, you know what? Looking back at it, I kind of wish I was with you last week, too. Instead, I decided to go spend some time in Toronto, and it was very depressing. It was not a fun weekend to be a Jays fan. Uh, a little taste, I guess, of what it's like to be a Leafs fan. Welcome to Toronto Sports, my friend. Where have you been this whole time? Yeah, it was not fun. I mean, it was a cool atmosphere until the actual first inning. Edwin giving out the first pitch, it was tons of fun. It got super loud, and then it got super quiet in there, and it got even worse Saturday. So, I, I mean, I think we can move on. I don't think we need to talk about that too much because it's not fun. I mean, yeah, there's really nothing that we can break down about that. I mean, it's just an epic Toronto collapse. I know that everybody wants to say that the Leafs 4-1 was worse, but I would like to mention just for that, you know, because I've been on both sides of this. Number one, uh, this did not affect me whatsoever because I'm like, yeah, I'm already jaded, so it don't matter. Blowing leads is that's built in Toronto DNA. Um, number two, um, I mean, you have an eight one lead at home, a nine five lead in the seventh, and you and you lose the game. Like the Leafs, at least were down. We're up four one, and sure there wasn't a lot of time left. So equivalently, it would have been. You know, the fifth or sixth inning in the probably seventh, mid, middle of the seventh in the Leafs game when they had a 4 1 lead. But they also went to OT and they were in Boston. Like, I don't know. I know it's not, and it's, this, it's the first round. It's, it's the exact same. Like, people want to say that the Leafs is worse. And I'm like, I'm not sure if it is. Because the Leafs were also like a significantly worse team and Boston went on to win the cup. Like, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's it's up there though for sure. It's like epic Toronto collapse up there. And I think the only reason that people think that the Leafs one's worse is because anybody who's not a Leafs fan gets the dunk on everybody, and most of the people in Canada who watch baseball are Jays fans. Yeah, I think that's probably what you're going to get from the media. But I, and again, I don't really know how to compare them to. Baseball's a weird sport because it's never over till it's over. It could be ten one in the ninth, and it's never over. We saw stuff today even. We had Robbie Ray blow, blow a save today against Houston, which was kind of funny. Um, so you just you never know with baseball. Baseball is never over till it's over. Where hockey, you give up three goals like that, it's just so hard sometimes. So I don't even think it's you can really compare the two. They're just so different. But the experience for at least you could have a taste of it now. So you should be able to sympathize with me at least. Yeah, I was uh, basically like speechless Saturday, like. Friday, it was what it was. Luis Castillo had one of the arguably the best games ever for they where they were going over the pitch chart and stuff. It was one of the best pitching games we'd seen in like 10 years. So that's a tough one. Tough loss. Manoa came out a little overhyped. But Saturday, that's it was I didn't even know what to say. I just basically took off my hat and sat there and speechless. And yeah, I, I still barely know what to say. I still can't believe it happened that way. I was at a wedding and I... I... You know, my father-in-law picked up the kids and he's like, oh, I got to turn it on the radio. You need to put it on your truck because it's nine, five or whatever. And I'm like, oh, dang. Like, I mean, you should be fine. And then I say the notification come across the board and I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, not the best. You know what else was not the best? Our picks this week? Yeah, they were not the best. And I, I'd like to break down a couple of them because I do have some thoughts now. I will say that, again, I did miss you last week. Doing the picks alone is tough because you can't talk me out of some bad picks from time to time. Um, even though you and I were pretty well, 
we were pretty much the same last week. We were on opposite sides on a couple of them, and I won a couple, you won a couple, but so we were pretty close. There were results from week five. You went five, ten, and one, and I was seven, eight, and one. We were both one for two in the locks. So on the year, I'm at what? For the year overall, you are sitting. Oh, so too many pages here. You're sitting 38% overall, 50% on the lock, so which is respectable. I am 57% overall and 43% on the locks. All right. So, again, I need another week where I need to come back. Uh, let's go through last week's. And uh, I do have a couple thoughts in a couple games. Um, and now it's it's nice because I have so many to bounce ideas off of. So let's go. Yeah, I mean, we started off with that game that happened in London again, I believe. Somewhere in Europe. I still think it's London again. I know they're playing games in Mexico this year and Germany, but New York Giants beat the Packers 27-22. Are the Giants good or the Packers bad? Or is it a mix of both? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, I think the biggest thing here is is that I think Matt LaFleur – well, there's like three points I have. The first one is is that um, Brian Dayball has proven himself thus far this season to be an excellent coach. And he's scheming up a game for – I mean, think about this, Cam. Look what was happening with Joe Judge and and how bad Daniel Jones was the last couple of years. You bring Brian Dayball in, and all of a sudden, Daniel Jones' productivity, his arm, his legs have gotten significantly better. And I don't think it's because it's a different – I don't know. Like, I don't just see it as him being a different quarterback. It's just I think the system works for him better. Point number two is, uh, frankly, Matt LaFleur just got out coached. I think that's that's the big thing. And London's a, an even playing field. So that's where I think the biggest concern for me for the Packers is, is that, number one, their defense couldn't do anything and they were gassed. But number two, like, look at the game management. Like, if, if it's LaFleur calling those, those bombs late where, you know, the Packers go three and out on three long bombs down the field, that's just poor coaching. Poor – that's poor coaching. That's poor game management. Um, I mean, if Aaron, if, if A-Rod went and, and audibled all of those because he wanted the log bombs, that's on him. But I can't imagine he did it three times. Yeah, I don't know what to think of this Packers team in general anymore. Their defense isn't as good as I thought it would be. Their offense is kind of whatever. We kind of expected that way. But even a game where Aaron Jones looked really good, they didn't use A.J. Dillon as much. They're just a weird team. And I think we saw a little bit of this from them last year, too, and I mean, they should still easily make the playoffs, but I don't expect them to go on a long run. And the Giants have just been really impressive. Dable's been good. Jones is kind of consistently showing those signs he did last year. And they're just scheming up some really good stuff. They can see offense going, like a double end around to Ballinger, the rookie tight end. Like, that's pretty cool. And I think, yeah, Dable's just a good coach. And LaFleur is still questionable if he's a good coach. So we'll keep seeing what these two teams do. I mean, we wanted Dayball in Miami, too, when we were on the coach hunt. Um, you know, some Miami pundits as well were very vocal about how they, they thought he'd be a great fit in Miami. And the Giants don't have a ridiculously different um, team in a sense where, you know, they're they're in the same kind of rebuild with a with a, a quarterback who's got, a, you know, a year or two more on Tua. But overall, you know, hasn't really reached potential of what people thought he could be. Um, and it's just worked out for him. I, I mean, the biggest thing coming back, and maybe we can talk about this after we get through the games, but, man, looking at this NFC, I'm like, is there any really good teams? Because I, I don't even know anymore. Well, the Eagles. The Eagles, are really the Eagles good. haven't played anybody good. Look yeah, look at their schedule. I, I, really... I get – okay, I understand. Like, are we just going to get into it now? Their roster, 
No, well, the roster is a top five roster before the year. If you looked at that roster up and down, the only question mark, Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has looked good throwing and running. So I mean, adding, good adding A.J. Brown was huge. That's for sure. Like Their line, o, o and D line are both top five in the NFL even last year. So they're a good football team. It's just going to be interesting to see how it goes. But the thing is, is I would say is like, oh, yeah, but their schedule's been shit. And I'm like, yeah, but if they're playing in the NFC, they're only going to get shit teams to come because nobody is good. The Rams aren't any good. No, the other team that I really am impressed with, and mainly their defense, is the 49ers. They look like a good football team, too, for the most part. Jimmy G's not the answer, but their defense is really impressive. All right, let's get in the next game. Uh, Detroit Lions, New England Patriots. Oof. Patriots win 29 nothing. This is just one of those spots where I bet you if we were sitting here talking last week, we probably would have gone the other way. This was actually a really obvious spot for something like this. Maybe not this crazy, but we should have been able to see the Patriots are going to win. You don't take the Lions in that spot. What's crazy, again, if you like listening back what I said last week, I mean, the point that I was making was is that you had the number one offense through the first four weeks, which whatever, in points scored. And they're one, they were one and three going into the game. And I mean, if you're the number one offense going into the game, the, the point that I missed and what, where I screwed it up was if you're scoring the most points, but you're one in three, that means you're giving up a shit ton of points. So that means your defense yeah. is awful. And when you're going against this, like Bill Belichick, who's, as you mentioned to me earlier in text, is still a good coach. Yeah, that's a spot we probably should have picked up on. <laughs> Yeah, like Bill's still going to come up with scheming something defensively, and if your defense is that bad, he'll they'll figure something out offensively as well. Moving along, Steelers Bills Bills win thirty eight to three. I mean Pittsburgh's offense looks terrible. Their defense without TJ Watts bad, and just really two big throws really into this early. Every time I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus fourteen though, so. Mike Tom's a good coach, but Buffalo's just a wagon this year. I, I don't regret taking the plus fourteen on that one. I mean that the the 98 yarder from Allen. I mean, I look at that and they almost went three and out. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, the, the defense was right there, but as soon as that touchdown happened, I think the whole team just kind of deflated. And then when yeah. Gabe, da- I mean, just- Gabe Davis had himself a game and he ripped it away in the end zone. And I was like, it was over. Like it was just demoralizing. They just, it looked to me, I watched a little bit of it because Miami was playing, but it, it looked to me like, as soon as they got down by 14 points, they were like, fuck it, we're not winning this game. Yeah, it was going to be tough from them uh, from the beginning there. Uh, Atlanta went to Bucks, Bucks 21-15. Atlanta with another backdoor cover and 5-0 against the spread. They look good. Yep, and I and we were on opposite sides on this one. Um, again, we didn't get to talk last week, but I, to me, I mean, I, I said this about – the Eagles and I said this about Atlanta was is that I mean if you've covered four or four and now five of five, I mean it's like the Lions or was it the Lions last year? Who who or no it was Cowboys? You know when when team when you're just covering, how can you not take the covering team? Like you got to ride the trend. Yeah, but usually there's supposed to be a two three point tack that gets added on. Doesn't look like it's added on again this week. I just kind of looked at this like this was going to be a Tom Brady spot. Uh, where he was just going to go after all this divorce stuff and come up and just absolutely destroy the Falcons because their defense looked horrible this year. And, I mean, they got up early and then just kind of took their foot off the gas. We're a little weird scheme-wise, but, I mean, the Bucs still won the game. Uh, Saints, Seahawks, Saints win 38-9-32. I don't even know what to read into this game. Can't say I watched much of it, but interesting. 
I mean, honestly, a lot more high scoring than I thought it would be. The, the finishing total was 45 and a half and it was, the, it was 60, sorry, 71 points. So, I yeah. mean, it was way higher scoring than even the, you know, even the book <laughs> thought. And that was kind of one of my determinations, right? I mean, I, I took the Seahawks, you took the Seahawks too at eight and a half. And I mean, to me, that line seemed ridiculously high, but that was when it was, <laughs> that's when the totals 45 and a half. Like if you think about that, I mean, they'd have to lose like 30 to 15 for them not to cover. I just didn't see it. But then the total 71, I'm like, geez, I think the biggest takeaway that I have is, is I mean, I think the Seahawks team is still able like, I mean, I'm impressed with the amount of points they're able to put up. Honestly, like after, after losing Russ, I was like, man, how are these guys going to score points? And I think I said that earlier in the year, even our first episode of the season, maybe. And I was like, I don't know how these guys are going to score. And sure enough, Gino is he's been good. I hate to say it, but he still continues to be good. No, Gino looks good. You can't argue that at all. Uh moving on, Texans, Jaguars. Texans oh. win 13 to 6. Oh. Nobody's shocked by this. Hey, listen, get out of here. Okay. First of all, I don't know why. I mean, there's no reason that the Jags shouldn't have beat them to the ground. Zero. Like they, they just had, I don't know. It just it was so annoying to me that like you were able to put up that much of an effort versus the Eagles. You blew it all away. You were close. And then the next week you put up two field goals. Like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, the Texans D looked scrappy in this game. King in the uh, slot corner really covered Kirk really well. He's been really good all year in the slot. So that covered Jacksonville's biggest target. And uh, Jacksonville couldn't get the run game going. So that's the big difference. Houston still doesn't look like he score points. But I think their defense will be scrappy at times this year. By the way, going back to the Seahawks game for a sec, Rashad Penny out for the year. Yeah, Kenneth Walker, uh, high prospect there, running back, going to get a good chance, but definitely hurt me in a few fantasy leagues. Yeah, you get a lot of shares, but that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, if the rookie get out himself a year, like, talk about a waiver wire pickup this year in some leagues. I've seen him in two other leagues where he's been on waivers, so could go for a lot of money. That's an RB1 right there. Yeah, listening to a couple of podcasts today on fantasy, they were saying basically break the bank for him. If you have 75 left, use 60 to 75 on him because he's an RB1 the rest of the year. And this offense looks really good. That makes a lot of sense. Moving along, Tennessee at Washington. Tennessee pulls it off 21-17. I didn't see any of this game, honestly. Yeah, I again, I had Renzo on for a bit. Like Once Miami got down um, by a lot, and we'll get to that, You know, I watched a bit of it. Uh, it was just the boring game. Carson Wentz is one of the least exciting quarterbacks to watch right now. It's literally like watching paint dry. Um, but this game was, this, you know, this game was close. It was under the total um, by about four or five points. So, you know, going in, I was like, okay, so the commanders don't have the best offense. The Titans really have Derrick Henry, and that's about it. To me, the separation was enough that I was comfortable with the, with the you know, two-point spread or two-and-a-half-point spread, whatever it was. And we got it right. One of the five I got right, or six I got right. <laughs> yeah, moving along, Bears, Vikings, Vikings pull it off 29-22. Uh, Vikings just kind of let the Bears back into this. They hammered it earlier, Justin Jefferson in the first half, had a ridiculous stat line, and then they just eased off the gas, allowing Chicago back in this game. Isn't that what the Vikings always do, though? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, how many times last year that same thing happened where they get up and then they blow it all away. It's it's actually infuriating. So I fully expect, by the way, that if, you know, if Miami this up, coming up this week gets down, uh, I'm just going to hammer them at halftime, no matter who's playing, because 
the Vikings just they they they're all breaks, no gas in the second half. Yeah, Chargers Browns thirty at twenty eight for the Chargers. Uh, this one I just expected to be a close game. It turned out to be. Uh, don't really know if either team's that good, but they're both fitting there, and the AFC will still be interesting. The AFC is all completely close right now. It's like it's incredible. Like really, I mean, I know it's only five weeks in, but there's a lot of it's 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 going to get so scrappy as we go along here. I mean, uh, I mean, the, the good news is is that if you're a Nick Chubb guy, um, he had a good game. Right, a couple touchdowns. Eckler also is continu- continuing his, uh, you know, he, he's continuing his his fantasy push. So that's really the only thing I want to say about that game. Lots of running touchdowns. I don't think there was actually a was there a passing touchdown or was there one one passing touchdown to Eckler? I think all game. I think the other ones were all ru- rushes, which that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Browns want to run it a lot. The Chargers like running it as much as they can, so not crazy shocking to me. The big thing, though, is Keaton, Keaton yeah. Allen's out, so, you know, your number one option to throw the ball is gone. Is Herbs, I was going to ask you this, is, is I know Justin Herbert is, like, still electric, but is he, like, slowly becoming less of the golden boy of the NFL? Well, I mean, his bruised or broken ribs has really hurt him the last few weeks, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, he's going to get healthy. He's going to get Allen back. and I mean, I think people are putting him too much in the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes camp, but he's still a really good quarterback, and I'm not that worried. Uh, moving along, San Francisco, Carolina. San Francisco wins this 37-15. Matt Rule fired. Carolina, Baker Mayfield's going to be out this week, so that'll be interesting, but San Fran's defense looks good, and Carolina's been a mess. We'll see what happens this week. This was the one of the easiest spots, and I cannot believe I didn't lock it up. Like it was, it was just so easy. Like I had the Seahawks plus eight and a half. I thought that was easy, and then bam, I, I let this one slip through my my fingers because I mean I said I'm never gonna I'm not gonna ride the Panthers until they show me something, and they've continued not to show me something. Matt Rule getting fired is the best thing that team's done all year. Yeah, I can't disagree there. Move along, Dallas Cowboys, LA Rams. Cowboys win it 22-10. I mean, the Rams' O line just looks so, so bad right now, and Cooper Rush just may, may never lose. I'm shocked. I am shocked, honestly, that the Rams led this. I mean, they had 10 points. That is unacceptable. Like, with the talent that they have on that team, that is absolutely unacceptable. I get their O-line's not good, but you need to figure out check down options. You need to figure out something else because whatever you're doing the last – couple of weeks has obviously not worked and i mean the the biggest discussion now is is i mean i mean what Dak prescott's coming back next week week six week seven yeah i don't i don't know how you start him right now other than you're paying more money but paying more money but cooper rush is four and oh like i mean it's hot hand and i get jerry jones is gonna have a tough time sitting his billion thousand whatever quarterback on the bench but I mean, do you really want to mess with the team's mojo right now? Like, are you more like what's I mean, I, I guess I don't know what matters to Jerry Jones. Does it matter more to win games or more matter more to, you know, get money for value? I'm not sure. I would hope it is. To win, I, no I would idea. hope it is to win more games. But honestly, does that doesn't seem like the guy that Jerry Jones is, to be honest. I think if it was I think it was the coach's decision, Cooper Rush would be playing. But we all know that that's not who decides who the person at which personnel is on the field. Yeah. I just touched on the Rams. I don't know if they are that good. Their own line's bad. 
both running backs haven't looked good or explosive all year. Allen Robinson looks like he did last year, which was just completely washed. Uh, Stafford's just kind of what he was last year, which is up and down. Uh, so you have Cooper Cup on offense. I don't know if this offense is going to be very good this year at all. Um, they may need OBJ back, who I'm not super high on, but at least it gives them another option. But this offense isn't really good, and if they're going to keep putting the stress on this defense, Aaron Rodgers can only do so much. Jalen Ramsey comes and goes, so they're really high. Like I just think too many people are high on Allen Robinson, and I thought he was washed last year, and it's looking more and more like it. So Which is crazy because I'm sorry to interrupt. Cooper Cup had 22 fantasy points last year in a, P- in a half PPR league or full PPR league, like. That's it's he's still putting up decent fantasy, but I mean 125 yards uh for seven like see seven for ten, one twenty-five of the touchdown. Well, like if they had any sort of O-line or any sort and any other option, I think that's the big thing, Cam, is touching on the Allen Robinson thing and the running back thing is is like teams are able to put however many guys they want because everybody else sucks. And yeah, they got no Robert no Robert Woods, no OBJ, so they have nobody else other than Cup right now, and that's difficult. When your offensive line sucks and neither running backs really look that good. The guy still puts up ridiculous stats. It's nuts. Uh, Philly, Arizona. Philly wins at 2017. Uh, Kyler Murray sliding before a uh, yard before the first down marker really cost them the game. I mean, they missed the kick, but should have, he gets that first down, they're going to win the game easily. Just stupid to slide that way and not get the first down and... I mean, the Eagles look good. The Cardinals are kind of scrappy. We'll see what happens now. You get D-Hop back in two weeks, and if they can figure out their defense a bit, they might be interesting. But uh, I think the Eagles didn't look, didn't push the ball as much as they needed to this game, but still won the game. What's crazy to me, I, I don't even care about this game as much. I mean, the Eagles didn't cover. Um, I don't think. I definitely don't think they had the best game they possibly could have. Obviously, they only won by three points, didn't cover. Uh, that NFC West division to me is wild right now. I mean, you have. T- Three teams that are two and three, and then you have San Fran who's three and two. Like, for one of the like when we started this year, we were like looking at the divisions, like man, this NFC West is going to be the, one of the best divisions in football. And in fact, it's the NFC formerly known as least, but the NFC most wins. Like you, like I, this NFC West is just disappointing thus far. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that on the same side of the AFC as well. We thought that division would be unbelievable. And they're not as well with like Vegas, KC, Denver, Chargers, and they don't look nearly as good. So this is where all the preseason, all the offseason hype means absolutely nothing. Uh, do you want to do Sunday night football, Monday night football first, or do you want to touch on the Dolphins? Uh, let's touch on the Dolphins first and, and kind of get that over with. I mean, I don't think there's a lot necessarily to say. I mean, I mean, this was our second string team really playing. Um, you know, we had our, was it our, our left tackle? So Teron Armstead went out with a toe injury. Uh, both of our corners, our main, our highest paid corners and Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are out. Um, Teddy Bridgewater went out for cushion protocols for no reason at all. Uh, like we, we, and Skylar Thompson went in. I didn't think Skylar Thompson played horrific for not expecting to play. <laughs> like I don't like with zero preparation. I don't think he looked awful. I really like Skylar Thompson's legs. I thought that he moved. Like, I mean, he ran quite a bit, but we just got smoked with penalties. I think we had like 11 penalties for 105 yards or something like that. Like it was, it was way too many penalties. And that's just what's going to happen when you're, when you've got guys coming off the bench, especially when you're on on the offensive line, when you're losing starters. Um, I mean, and and I, I don't think that the game necessarily, again, second week in a row is indicative of how 
the game overall went. I mean, they had a chance to take the lead with Jason with uh, with Sanders, and and he missed the kick. And he he just has not been as good this year. I saw a stat basically saying that he's missed more kicks in the last twenty four kicks than he has in his previous forty eight. So it just he just hasn't been able to connect, and I'm not sure if it's because of his you know they changed placeholders for him or whatever the case is, but. Um, you know, overall, like, you know, listening to some other podcasts too, I mean, after five games with, you know, the start of the season with the schedule they had to start and you said, okay, um, you know, would you be okay with the Dolphins at three and two? You're going to sign on the, off on that every single time. Um, the biggest thing for the Dolphins right now, though, is, is that you can't just lose the next four to five games, um, depending when Tua comes back. I still think Tua is playing this week in week six. Um, I mean, it may, he may come back week seven, but Tyree Kill is tweeting out, you know, it's go time today. I don't know. I just have a gut feel that they're going to bring Tua back. Um, possibly this week. I said that when he went in, when he went down injured, all of his scans, tests, everything comes back clear. If he's cleared from protocols, um, I'm all over it this week. I mean, it's obvious, obvious to me. If you look at the production from Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle without Tua, it just drops off significantly. It's just he, like Tua is a special player when it comes to that kind of stuff, being able to throw the long ball because nobody else on the team can. Skyler can, and that was helpful in this game, you know, because he actually did put the ball in nice places for for pass for defensive pass interference, which helped the Dolphins a bit. Um, but he just didn't have the practice, the vision, the experience to really push this team to the next level and get the dub here. And at the same token, you give credit to the Jets. Um, I mean, the Vulture Carter had, you know, a couple touchdowns, which was kind of bullshit. He did the waddle in the end zone. I was really hoping Miami would make him pay for it. And they will. Uh, they will when they, you know, the next game that they play in Miami, they'll, they'll make him pay. Um, but, you know, for now, it's just a wash and I'll have to and we'll just take our three and two. You win next week um, and, and you're right. You're right back in it. Right. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I think you're higher on Skyler than most people. All the analytics that he says he was really inefficient. He didn't look that good, but I think it was a tough spot for him. He was fine. Uh, Jason Sanders' stats, if you start reading into them too much, especially over the last 48 or 24, it's too much. Last year, he was horrible. He was one of the worst-rated kickers overall. A lot to do with placeholding. This year, even missing that one, that's actually uh, the percentage on hitting that kick's not crazy. There's been a lot of guys other than Justin Tucker who have missed that this year. So he's actually overall been fine this year. Uh, the team's in a lot of trouble, though. There's no chance Teddy or Tua play this year, this week from the sounds of it. Neither of them will be cleared at all, even if everything goes perfect, but until Thursday or Friday. You see in the line for next week, it's going to be Skylar Thompson. There's no way the Vikings would be three-point favors if it was Teddy or Tua. Um, so I don't think that I think it's going to be Skylar Thompson again, judging by Vegas, and Vegas usually knows. Uh, but overall, don't can't read too much into this game. It really impacts their defense when they can't play man-to-man on the corners, though, when you don't have Xavier and Byron Jones there. I think that's the biggest de- thing with their defense. But again, you look at this game, it's 40-17. The first downs were one difference. The yardage was almost the same, both teams. Time of possession was almost the same. So 40-17 wasn't indicative of the score. Uh, but again, I, I'm going to throw this game out, the same with the Bengals game. It's just weird games with the amount of injuries and the different quarterback who didn't expect to start. That's a nice transition too. I I do think the Bengals, I mean, they did win. Um, I think they deserve to win by more than they did. Uh, It just, yeah, it was just a tough game, scrappy game. And and it is what it is. I don't want to touch too much on that one. I do want to touch on the game last night though. Yeah. The game last night, I mean, you you take it away. You had more fun. I fell asleep. (laughs) So, 
I I've I I just was ha I put a couple bets out. I had Darren Waller for an anytime touchdown, and um, you know he got hurt in the first five minutes. So I was like, holy fuck! I didn't want to play any lines last night because it was just way too sketchy. KC was favored by seven points, um, and they were down was what was they were down seventeen nothing, I believe it was seventeen nothing in the first half, and you know Casey got a. Uh, uh, touchdown they, they missed the field goal early they got a touchdown to get it to 17 to uh, 7 and going into halftime uh travis kelsey or no i think travis kelsey got the first one so i was about to hit travis kelsey anytime i didn't have it on there and i was like ah he's plus 100 for any time and i'm like ah should i hit it should i hit it? i think i'm going to but if they don't get a touchdown kelsey anytime for the second half is going to be like plus 200 or something so i got a little greedy got a touchdown in the first half i'm like okay the momentum's on the side of the Chiefs. I'm going to hit Kelsey 2+. plus. So I put a good chunk of change on Kelsey 2+. plus. He got another one. As soon as he got that one, I'm like, okay, now I'm in the green. Let's put some more. Let's put half of that amount on Kelsey 3+. plus. Got another one. And so we're fired up in, this, in our chat that we're in too. Kelsey 4-plus touchdowns is not an option to bet. 3 is the highest. The next Chief drive, or I think it was, yeah, I think it was the next Chief drive, drive nine or whatever it was. Oh, no, I, I, whatever it was. It was like sixth touchdown. The bet was actually sixth touchdown of the game, and it was Kelsey at plus 700. So I put a little bit of money on that one, and then that one hit. It was just, it was an absolutely wild night. Like, super, super profitable betting. One of my favorite betting nights of the year, no doubt. And the, I mean, the, the, the real key in this game is, is that I actually think the Chiefs should have covered. If the Jones roughing the passer wasn't called roughing the passer, I mean, he had the ball, and by rule, it's the right call. Still tough, very controversial today, but I think that change. I mean, if they get that ball, they're going to score. Like they're scoring on that play, so it. You know, I think we kind of got robbed on the cover, to be perfectly honest. But um, man, the one, the only thing in common I have is the Chiefs' corners look awful. If you throw the ball up there, they're either going to tackle you before the ball gets there or you're getting by, especially if you have a really fast – like if you have fast wide receivers, like when the if, if Tua is around when the Dolphins play the Chiefs, look out. Like that total is going to go high because I think they, they could just get absolutely exposed uh, on the deep ball. Yeah, I know they'll adjust a lot. I think they're going off not having Tyron Matthew there anymore, which is a big difference. And Spags is still playing a lot of one-on-ones which he'll adjust to that. He's an okay defensive coordinator that he'll figure it out a little bit there. So I do think their corners will get better. I think Legereus State is a good corner. So I think they will get better, but they're getting exposed by these man-on-man, and you can't man-on-man Devontae Adams. Uh, You will get burnt, as they did. So, uh, again, I think the Chiefs' defense will get better, but their offense looks good. Their offense looks unstoppable, and the Chiefs look really good, which we should have expected. One of the things that I saw was actually, that I thought was interesting was, is that Patrick Mahomes, somebody tweeted out, I forget who it was, tweeted out basically that Mahomes has gotten better at quarterback because he doesn't have that Hail Mary ball. He doesn't have the fuck it, Tyreek got to be down there somewhere ball, right? He he has to pick and choose his spots. He has to actually you know go through progressions. He actually has to put in more effort that way, which has made him a better quarterback. And I, I kind of buy into that. Well, I think it started even last year when teams started playing two high safeties on them. Like Tyreek can be a difference maker all the time. But if you actually look at the stats about Tyreek last year, he didn't get many deep balls at all. 
So I think it's just a different defense, and now the defense is playing one high safety against him more, which will bring out a lot of the higher, the better things about Patrick Mahomes from his top MVP seasons and stuff. So I think this actually works out better because the teams aren't playing. They're playing into his strength a little better, and you had to think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to figure a way of getting it done on offense, and they have. Absolutely, they have, and we are already going into week six. Do you want to get to our week six picks? Yep, let's do it. Starting on Thursday night, what a game we have. I mean, why? how much money did Amazon pay for these games again? Um, like, Too much I, money? I forget how much they spent. Like, was it like a billion dollars? Or I'll forget how much it was. It was a lot of money for Thursday yeah. night. And after coming off all these Denver Bronco games, we have the Washington Commanders heading to Chicago. Right now, Chicago is favored by one. In, here's my only take on this game. Both teams suck. It's basically a pick 'em. You're going to give me a point. I know a point means nothing, but I'll take the plus one instead of the minus one. So we'll go Washington. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have to take the point as well. I mean, it's. I, I mean, the only reason that Chicago is getting the point is because they're at home, right? Yeah. And yeah, I just, I don't even know. I don't even want to watch this game. Actually, I probably won't. I'll be on refereeing hockey. So I won't have to watch this game. <laughs> I'll probably watch it. Um, I mean, I'm going to take the commanders plus one. I'm not going to dive too much into analytics on it because again, I'm a kind of a gut handicapper, which has not worked out for me this year. So maybe I need to get into more analytics, but I mean, it, I, the, the big thing that I look at is, is in, in this game is, is like, Man, like it's just it's so even across the board and terrible stats. If you look at covering, like Chicago's covered three games this year and Washington's covered one. The one that they won. So I don't know. I think I have Washington winning this game anyway. You gotta stop the skid. Uh the, the clip of Ron Rivera. <laughs> it was like, what's the difference between you guys and the rest of your division? He's like quarterback, throws Carson Wentz under the bus. If I'm Carson Wentz here, I'm I'm coming out with the biggest fuck you game ever just to make my coach look like an idiot. I got to take Washington plus one. Yeah, moving into Sunday, 1 p.m. New England at Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by three. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take the – I'll take uh, – yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll give the points on that one. Take take I'll take Cleveland minus three. I mean, this is going to be what's the total in this game? Do you know? It's got to be low, but I haven't actually looked it up. Like I think it's. Give me a second. I'll, I'll, I'll look here. I th- yeah, I'm on Cleveland here as well, though. Uh, I just think it's a really good spot for Cleveland. Not a great spot for New England with everything going on. Uh, Cleveland looks like a pretty good team. I think the defense is going to be able to show up, especially if Mac Jones is back at all. And Cleveland, I know New England will stop them from running the ball, but they'll figure it out a bit. Total's 42 and a half from what I can see, which seems quite high <laughs> for, for a game that where they're really going to run the ball quite a bit. Um, but, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I look at is here, I mean, if the Browns are running the ball and Nick Chubb just going to do Nick Chubb things, like, I don't know, man. Browns' defense is also significantly better than the Lions' is, so uh, give me the Brownies minus the three. Yeah, moving along to Atlanta. San Fran heads to Atlanta. San Fran favored by five and a half. 
you know what? Give me San Fran. I think they're a better team. I think they're a touchdown better team. Atlanta, Atlanta I think is going to have a tough time with Mariota getting points against the San Fran offense or defense. The only thing that scares me is San Fran may have a couple injuries. If Nick Bosa isn't playing, then I'd be all over Atlanta covering, but I'm going to hope he does play. So San Fran minus. Yeah, I'm still going to take, I'm going to ride exactly with you. I don't mean too chalky, but I think the thing I look at is here is, yeah, I mean, Atlanta's covered five in a row. Um, you know, San Fran's covered three to five. Um, they dusted off Carolina last week. I, I, I think Cordero Patterson is still going to be out. And frankly, you know, I just, to me, what if, if this line was like eight, I would take the Falcons again. But at five and a half, yeah, I think they can easily lose by a touchdown. I have no doubt about that. Um, I think there's not much of a chance they win this game. Um, but, hey, I mean <laughs> – Again, the San Fran's the best in their division right now, and they're playing before the year, even now, was one of the not-so-good teams in the division, so I'm going to take the good team over the bad team here, and I think the Falcons finally don't cover a game this year. Moving along, Pittsburgh. Tampa heads to Pittsburgh. Tampa is favored by eight points. I almost have no handicapping on this game other than Pittsburgh burnt me last time, and I'm going to probably get burnt by them again, but I'm going to go Tampa minus eight, so I feel like Pittsburgh's definitely going to cover that. But I can't do it after seeing their, them last week and then watching Kenny Pickett against Tampa Bay's defense. Yeah, I'm going to take Sam Fram, or sorry, Steelers plus the eight points here. Um, you get embarrassed uh, by by Buffalo last week. I, I just think that Mike Tomlin's going to have them up and ready to go for this one. Um, I, I just think it's a great spot for them to, you know, you could say it's the bounce back spot. I don't think, again, I don't think they're going to win the game, but the big thing for me is I just, I just don't think that the bucks to me have not shown enough this year that they should be eight point favorites. I think that's the big thing. Like, can they put up points? Sure. Ha- have they been, you know, excellent? I, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. To me, it's it's just super sus. And if you're going to give me over a touchdown, I think the Steelers are able to slow the game down and, and keep it close. So I'll take them plus eight. Yeah, moving along. Cincy heads to New Orleans, where Cincy's favored by two and a half here. That is seems too low. I'm actually going to take the Saints here. I'd really like this in a teaser leg, moving them up to eight and a half. But I like the Saints. What I've seen them on D. Since he hasn't looked as good as I think everyone saw, you saw them against Baltimore, couldn't put up points against even that weakened secondary. New Orleans D tends to be pretty good, and who knows what Kamara and Taysom Hill are going to do this week. So give me the Saints plus two and a half. I'm going to take I'll – take, I'll take the points again. Um, I, I don't want to overcomplicate it. I don't think that since he's going to keep – I mean, what are they, two and three? Something. Right now, I, I don't I, I don't think they're going two and four. I mean, I – to me, this is one of those games on the road. Like, I think it's going to be an obvious spot where everybody's going to look last week and say, man, like, exactly what you said. Like, you know, Kamara and Taysom, like, absolutely. But I, I feel like the Taysom game was kind of a one-off last week. He had four touchdowns. Like, when was the last time he did that or anybody close? Uh, give me Cincy minus two and a half. All right, with Jamar Chase and, uh, and the Burrow train here. Yeah, moving along, Baltimore heads to the New York Giants. Baltimore favored by five and a half points. Oh. I'm I'm on the Giants here. I just don't think Baltimore's looked good enough to be a five and a half point favorite. And the Giants have looked pretty good. They look really well coached. Harbaugh hasn't looked like a good coach this year. Uh, so New York at home. I know they're coming back from London, but favored by five and a half, or I mean, not favored by five and a half. Getting five and a half points that seems like too much. Give me the Giants. 
I agree. I think the travel and time difference is going to have a little bit more of an effect than you do than you think. Um, they are extremely well coached. They're an extremely good team. The Ravens defense is not, other than the game they played in Miami, I don't think that they've played terrible. Like They played pretty good against the Bengals uh, this past week. I'm going to take the Ravens minus five and a half. I think the only thing that I don't know is, is can, like if you look at the games the Giants have played, you know, can they stop Lamar Jackson? Is he going to have himself a game? I think he probably does. I also think you might see a better Mark Andrews spot here. I don't think he had his – I don't think he's had the greatest season overall thus far, um, this far in. But I'll take I'll take the Ravens minus five and a half here. Yeah, moving along. New York Jets coming off the big win, head down to Green Bay. Green Bay minus seven. <laughs> my original thought is this is way too many points but then i look at it and i'm like the jets are coming up beating miami and putting up a ton of points but green bay's coming back from london lambo's tough to play in i have no idea but uh i don't think green bay looks like a good enough team to be favored seven points against anybody competent so i'm gonna have to go to the jets plus seven i'm gonna take the packers plus minus. sorry minus seven points and this is going against what i just said about the ravens and the giants but i think the diff i don't know i just i look at this game and i say okay so the ravens barely squeaked it out and they're gonna you know they, they need to they need to win this game and i and they have that x factor green bay just they they frankly got embarrassed over in london I don't really know any other way to say this. They had the game locked and loaded, and they they let it slip all away. And yes, the uh, you know the, the the Jets put up a ton of points against Miami's team, which was their basically their second slash third string team. So now you have to play AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, and uh, plus and and A Rod and whoever. Yeah, you're going to have a little more of a problem with that. So. I didn't think that the Jets' defense was necessarily the best thing ever. Neither was their offense. I think they got a lot of lucky plays. Give me Green Bay minus seven. Yep, moving along. Jacksonville heads down to Indy. Indy favored by two and a half. This is a gross line. Yeah. I I don't get it. They think they're even teams on neutral field or even Indy's slight favorite. But, I mean, the Jags look like a better football team this year. Matt Ryan just looks so bad. And the Jags always play any well. So if you're going to give me the Jags plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm riding with you because, as I said, I think I thought the Jags were going to be better last week. I mean, by the, by the way, de facto, you're saying the Texans are better than the Colts. Well, it's one of those divisions where certain teams just always beat certain teams. If you've watched it, it doesn't make any sense. But Jacksonville always plays any well. Texans always play Jacksonville well. I don't really know what Tennessee does, but it just seems like one of those divisions where it doesn't matter how good or bad the teams are. That's what happens. It's like for years and years and years, Miami and New England. For some reason, even when Miami sucked and New England was unreal, they'd win the one game. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me give me the Jags plus two and a half. The other thing is divisional game. You hope it's going to be close. Total's only 42, so it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game from the sounds of it. Um so, yeah, I'll, I can ride with that. Moving to the last 1 o'clock game, our Miami Dolphins are at home facing Minnesota. Minnesota's minus 3. So here's my research I did on this line a bit. Most people seem to think Miami's a better football team, especially with 2 in. They have them about a 3, 3.5-point favorite with 2 in. 
with, especially at home. Uh, with Petty in, they think that's about a three-point change. So at home, that would put it to about a pick em. This means if Minnesota is favored by three in Miami, they must think Skyler Thompson's going again. Vegas always seems to know better. If we're going to go without Teddy and Tua, Skyler's okay, but uh, Mini with their weapons, especially if X and Byron Jones aren't back again either, I'm going to have to go Mini minus three if Skyler Thompson's the one. Yeah, I'm also going Minnesota minus three for exactly what you just said there. My biggest concern is is the corners. Like, if you're going to have Justin Jefferson running all over everybody, I mean, look at what happened last week. And look at what happened versus the Bengals when we didn't have our corners, right? Jamar Chase got loose. Um, You know, we we couldn't do anything versus the Jets, even in the mid-range. Like, the the mid-range balls, we couldn't get control of. Miami's one of the worst passing defenses in the league this year. Um, and I don't without our like without our star corners and and what I just don't I are and our backups have been okay. I just don't personally see that there. I do think I mean this could change if Tua or Teddy plays. I think Miami wins. I do. I just think offensively they're you know offensively they're good to go. So I'm definitely not locking this game by any by any sense. And, and I mean, many likes to keep games close. They just they really do. But hey, I mean. It, if you're not taking the favorite against the third string quarterback, which is who we who we're presuming is going to be playing, it doesn't matter. Like you have to take the and especially I mean, Toron Armstead's out this week too. I mean, it should be more than three points. So I'll take the, I'll take the Vikings minus three as well. Moving along, four p.m. slate. We have Arizona heading to Seattle. Arizona three point favorites. Give me Seattle plus three. I think Seattle wins this game outright, to be honest. Maybe I'm giving them too much hype, but I haven't seen, a, again, I'm, Hopkins isn't back this week, right? He's out for this game. He's back the week oh, after, right? His suspension's yeah. up. So I, I hate, I hate it though, because I mean, I was so low on Seattle at the start of the year, but they just, I mean, I can't deny the facts that Geno Smith and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have looked good. They just have. And and Kenneth Walker, I mean, there's no reason here why why he can't have a good game here against the Cardinals D that's frankly kind of sus. Like, I, that's kind of how I look at it. So you're going to give me three points. Um, you know, the worst case scenario is they lose by a touchdown and get a push. I, I just – I think Seattle maybe wins this game. So I'll take the Seattle plus three. Yeah, again, interdivision game, three points at home. Give me Seattle as well. Seattle plus three at home division game. I think they're going to keep it close. I like it. Let's Moving go. Moving on, Carolina heads down to L.A. Rams. Rams are ten and a half point favorites. Versus Carolina. who? Carolina. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm definitely taking Carolina here. Oh, by so the way. I don't. This Rams team does not deserve to be ten and a half point favorites against anybody from what we've seen this year. Even Carolina, who just fired their coach, they're going to have an interim head coach or whatever you want to call it in football, who's a defensive-minded head coach. So what does that mean? C-Mac's going to get the ball a lot, and the Rams just don't look good. They don't have any home field advantage. More of the fans are going to be in Carolina, so I don't get it at all. So ten and a half is way too much. I just think too teams whenever their whenever their head coach gets fired teams just always play well, like they they just do. I I I don't know. Yeah. 
And I, I don't, I don't think, as I say, that's a lot of points for a team that scored <laughs> ten points against the Cowboys. To be honest, yeah, I don't disagree. Moving along, Buffalo heads down to KC. This is probably the game of the weekend. Buffalo two and a half point favorites on the road. I'm taking Buffalo here. Um, I, this I, I I do believe this game's going to be close. If you have any, if you have Josh Allen. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, Gabe Davis, uh, Stefan Diggs, any of these guys, I think that you're going to have a great fantasy week this week because uh, I, th- I do think it'll be a high-scoring game. The big thing for me is is that I think that Josh Allen's going to really be able to expose the Chiefs in a couple different areas of the game. I think that you're going to be able to expose, expose them on the long ball, number one. Uh, and number two, uh, I think you're going to be able to expose them with Josh Allen's own legs. I think he's going to be able to get a bunch of rushes. I like the Josh Allen over rushing prop. I think it's probably going to be around 23 and a half, 24 and a half yards. I would take that over. I think I think Josh Allen's going to do well. I think it'll still be close because, you know, we all know Buffalo's, you know, they're susceptible to the throw as well. Their secondary's banged up just as well. Um, the over in this game screaming to me, but give me uh, give me buff minus two and a half. Yeah, for all the reasons you said, that's why I'm going KC basically. I think this is going to be a high scoring close game. So you're going to give me the home team plus two and a half. I'm going to take that all day. Fair enough. Same, same. But football, Dallas at Philly. Philly five point favorites. I think this is the game the wheels finally fall off. Cooper Rush. I think this is going to be his game where he's going to start. When Dak is really close and he's not going to get the win, they're not going to get the cover. Philly's just going to continue to dominate and go 6 and 0. So give me the Eagles minus five. I'm taking Dallas plus five here. Again, I'm going the opposite of what you just said there. I, I think this is where Philly falls off the train. I think they're due for a bad game here. I really, I really think they are. I think they're, you know, they didn't cover last week. That's the first crack that I started to see where they really didn't have their best game possible. And I think that Dallas has had enough time. I mean, this is a big game for them, man. They need to get up for this one. Like, you've got a chance here to tie the division. It's going to be close. Again, right? Divisional game. If it's over five points, I mean, they have no chance whatsoever of winning this division if they lose this game, in my opinion. If Philly goes 6-0, and like, you're not coming back from that. Philly's not going to – like, they're, if Philly wins this game, they're, I mean, I think they're winning 10 games, 10, 11 games anyway. But if you lose this game, you're not coming back. There, there's just no way. You're, it's, 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 it ain't going to happen. So I got to take Dallas plus the five. I think the money line play might be it here. I'm just banking on the fact that I think the Eagles finally have a bit of a letdown game. Uh, I, I just want – I also want to see the quarterback controversy because that would be great. Give me some – I mean, if Dak doesn't play this year because Cooper Rush is out of his mind, that would be hilarious. Yeah, I don't disagree there. Moving on to the Monday nighter, Denver heads down to the Chargers. Chargers favored by five. Here's the simple analysis. <laughs> I'm just fading the Broncos. Chargers plus minus five. But what if Russ cooks? I, until he does, I am fading them. Okay, I'll take the Chargers minus five. <laughs> I just part of my head though, Cam, is like, okay. At some point, Russ has got to cook, right? I mean, I know he's got a torn ladder, whatever the heck's going on there, and his arm is like a noodle right now. Once he cooks, once he cooks, I will give them respect again and start considering them again. Until then, no. Who is has been the worst quarterback this year? 
I'll give you three options. Give me the best out of these three and the worst out of these three. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and uh, Russell Wilson. So Carson Wentz has easily been the best. He's actually had two really good weeks where the other two haven't. Uh, the other two, that's tough. I'm going to go Russ in the middle and Matt Ryan as the worst just because of Matt Ryan's amount of fumbles. Fair analysis. I, I would probably agree with that, but watching Russ has been painful. Uh, it also sucks. I think we're I think we're a little more biased against Russ's because we keep getting the Broncos in prime time. I know they were supposed to be good and they were supposed to cook and everything was supposed to go well, but now they're without Javante Williams and Russ doesn't look good. So it's now painful to get them in prime time again. They should prop. I, I do think that they should be able to flex them out of prime time. Be like, no, fuck you. You're playing Sunday now because you're trash. Like seriously, why can't you? They do it for Sunday night football later in the season. Like they move you from the 1 p.m. to the 425. They can move you to the later game. Like they can do whatever they want. But why are we not flexing the Broncos out of prime time? Like Amazon has to be pissed. There's no way that they're, I mean, they're not part of Monday nights, but like think about Thursday nights. I'm pretty sure the Broncos have another Thursday night this year too. Like, fuck, man. Like even Monday night, like whoever's the sponsor on that game, there's no way these guys can be thrilled about it that you have one of the worst teams in football every time. And your viewership numbers are going to be shit. Your revenue from advertisers is going to be shit. Like, ah, get them out of those games. Even from a viewer perspective, I don't want to bet on those games. I mean, I probably will, but I don't want. I don't want to. That's the thing. Is it, I mean, actually, the, you, the NFL doesn't care who's watching because everyone or who's playing because everyone will still watch and bet on it. Do you think that? I, this is hypothetical. Do you think that like sports books have? Uh, more action for games like this or like more action for like Buffalo KC? I have no idea, honestly. I don't like I could I could argue both so easily, so I have no idea. I would be surprised if the worst games don't get the most action because people are just trying to find a reason to watch. Yeah, right. That's like a logical explanation. So it is your turn to go first for locks this week. So are we doing two again, or do you want to just do one? No, I mean, we've been on the two trains, so I'll take it. I mean, I kind of like getting one right and one wrong every week, so that's kind of fun. So where are you going to go with your two, then? Uh, I think my first lock of the week, personally, is going to be the Browns. What's the line again? Yeah. Three? Three uh, minus three over the Patriots. I look at this and for two, there's two things. Number one, I think that this is a great spot for the Browns. I still like them at minus three. Secondarily, if they do, because it's an even number, if they do win by three, it's a push. So really, I have three different options here, and one's a win, which I think is the most probable. Secondary is a push, which I think is secondary, and the worst option is I lose. So I will take the Browns minus three. Yeah, I like it. Second option for you. Oh, I'm going to let you go on. No, right? we've always gone two in a row this year. Oh, two and two. Um, ooh, okay. I will take the... I will take the Bills. I'm going to lock the Bills up. Minus two and a half over the Chiefs. I'm going to go spicy. I really need some extra spice in my life here, and I hate... The crazy part is I don't actually hate the Bills. It's so annoying. I wish I did. I wish they had the most annoying quarterback. I wish they had who who at quarterback do I hate? I wish they had like Dak Prescott or somebody bad, like somebody like who's good but you hate Jared Goff when he was actually kind of good. I don't know somebody I don't like. Big Ben, 
Brett Favre. There we go. If I had Brett Favre, I'd be so annoying. I'm not, I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Staying far away from that. You wait. You're staying far away from that. Yeah, yeah. Far away from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who are you liking up? Uh, let's go Carolina, plus 10.5. This is just way too many points with how bad this Rams team looks. Carolina's defense is still fairly decent. They're bringing a defensive head coach. I think they're going to find a way to keep this close, run the ball a bunch. And 10.5 is just way too many points. Uh, second team is going to be, let's go with the New York football Giants, plus 5.5. Plus I just think Baltimore hasn't looked as good as we thought at times. Their defense... Hasn't been really good. Uh, they can be exposed. Brian Dable looks like a good coach. Harbaugh's made a lot of coaching mistakes this year. So I like the Giants and keeping that close. So Giants plus five and a half. That's a lot of confidence in the Giants, man. I like it. Kramer would be so proud. He would. But even if you're wrong, at least you're diving into it. I mean, they like locking up the Dolphins, even though it hasn't worked out well for them. So I'll try locking up the Giants this week. I love the swap. Well, I was going to have you back this week, bud. I do. As I said, it was it was it, it was tough. I don't. I was saying to you on text. I was like, I don't mind doing solo shows when I'm like on rants. Like if I'm talking about the Leafs or if I'm talking about the J, like whoever, raps, whatever the case is. If there's a rant to be had, I can I can do it. I can discuss hypotheticals. I can do all that stuff. As soon as I get in the picks, I'm like, man, there, I'm like, there has to be a couple of these that Cam's going to talk me out of, or that we can at least work on a different angle. And be like, okay, that's a stupid fucking angle. But yeah, it's just easy to get talk it through, figure out things, and be like, oh, how did we not see that? And we don't do that when we're trying to just pick by ourselves on our app. So uh, it's uh, nice to do this in person again, and we'll hopefully be able to hit this regularly. It's just busy time of year uh, as everything's kind of ramping up. And I mean, great time for sports right now. Major League Baseball is going on. The NHL actually fully starts tonight. NFL is just going on every day or three days a week. So things are good in the sports world right now. I was kind of touched on that last week too. I was saying, Hey, like this is the better, one of the best times of the year, especially if you want to gamble, man, you can gamble on anything you want all of the time. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at over six sports at Zach Burke over six at C Charlton turf. We're always tweeting out good stuff. You can, I mean, Hey, I didn't throw out my Kelsey lines last night. I probably should have. Here comes Trav as the was the most popular was the most popular phrase last night. My last night was here comes Trav. Uh, shout out our boys in our group chat for that. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for this week for the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm Zach the Man of Burke, and with me as always. The Turf King, Cameron, Charlton. Thanks for listening to Over 6 Sports, and we'll chat with you next week.